Tonight's going to be one of those things where I may hit a nerve or two. We're going to be dealing with a subject called kindness. Now look over at your neighbor, smile real big, and say, I love you. <laughs> even if you have fought today, even if you've got upset today, just let them know you love them and just make things good uh, throughout this night. We're going to be talking about kindness as a fruit of the Spirit. Look with me, our, our Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. <clears throat> All right? Now, turn with me, if you will, to Titus 3 uh, and 3. I'm going to be reading this out of the Message Bible. I, I just like the way the Message Bible put this scripture here in Titus uh, 3 and 3. And uh, we'll go down through verse 8 uh, concerning kindness. This is, this is one of these scriptures that sort of slaps you in the face if, if, when you read it. It starts off like this. Lord doesn't, he doesn't waste any time just getting in our face. I appreciate that about him. You know, sometimes you, you just need the Lord to talk to you. He says this, it wasn't long ago that we ourselves were stupid. A good way to start, wasn't it? It wasn't long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, dupes of sin, ordered every which way by our own glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hating back. But when God, the kind and loving Savior, stepped in, he saved us from all of that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and we came out of it, new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured new life so generously. God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, the eternity of life. You can count on this. I want you to put your foot down, the scripture says. Take a firm stand on these matters that, so that those who have put their trust in God will concentrate on the essentials that are good for everyone. Stay away from mindless, pointless quarreling over genealogies and fine print of the law code. That's a good message right there. That gets you nowhere, the scripture says. Warn a quarrelsome person once or twice, but then be done with him. It's obvious that such a person is out of line, rebellious against God by persisting in divisiveness. He cuts himself off. He cuts himself off. Now, we're, we're almost halfway through here with this, with this series concerning the fruit of the Spirit, this fruit as I said, that we want to look at tonight is a fruit called kindness. When you think about fruit, and we've done this every Wednesday night, we sort of liken a fruit of love and joy and peace to some kind of fruit maybe that, that we know, such as apple or orange or whatever the case. So if you was having to do that, what fruit would you, would you liken kindness to? Some may say that you would liken, liken kindness to an apple. It's pretty, it's red at times. But really, an apple is, is too hard. It, it looks like a baseball that you could throw at somebody and probably hurt somebody. Some may say, well, it's like in kindness to a lemon, but lemons really are not kind. They're sour. They're not sweet at all. Well, some would say, well, we'll like in kindness to kiwi. Kiwi sort of has that, that sort of a sweet taste and it sort of a, a sweetness on the inside. It's squishy. It's, it's soft sometimes if you grab the ones that's, that's in season and all of that and it's, and it's ripe. And, uh, and, and so we think, well, it's, kiwi is easy to squish, but sometimes we feel, when you think about that, we, we feel that way about people who are kind. 
we think sometimes that they're too soft or they're, they're easy to maneuver or they're easy to get things over with. You can squish them at times. You, you know what I'm talking about? You can say certain things to get them to do what you want. They're pushovers, so to speak. But, but as we take a closer look at this, concerning kindness, you'll understand through the Scripture now that kindness is not soft, it's not sweet, it's not a squishy, but it's really tough. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Kindness really is tough. Kindness endures ridicule at times, does it not? Kindness endures rejection many times. Kindness endures those words that will come that you wasn't expecting to come. It'll endure those harsh words or those harsh actions at times if you allow kindness to take place. Again, I've said this every Wednesday night, but kindness is a fruit that is always in season. Love is that way. Joy is that way. Peace is that way. Long-suffering is that way. Kindness is no one of these fruit that is always in season. Probably you could say the opposite of kindness would be sternness. There may be other words, but I've just used the word sternness here. A smile, in other words, versus a frown. And so if you had to draw another picture of kindness, what would it look like? What was it? You know, somebody, somebody may be helping, helping somebody pick items up that spilled, that they dropped. Uh, you're helping somebody. The Apostle Paul drew a picture of kindness in our text when he read it. He, he, said, he said, at one time, he said, we were stupid. In other words, we were foolish at one time. At one time, we were disobedient. At one time, we were enslaved. At one time, we were deceived by all kinds of passions and by all kinds of pleasures. We live in that world today. We live in that society again today. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and by hating one another. But the Bible says, but when kindness and the love of God came on the scene, when it appeared to us, he saved us out of our stuff. He saved us out of our junk. He saved us out of that hatred that we possibly had. He, he saved us out of that unkind spirit that we had. He saved us not because of righteous things that you or I have done, but simply because of his mercy. <coughs> simply because of the grace of Almighty God, he saved us. And when you think about this, it's almost like a flower, and excuse this expression, but it's almost like a flower that pokes out through a manure pile. Nobody asked the flower to grow there, and nobody asked the cow, cow to drop there. But he did. But the flower, Brother Earl, came up in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of that stuff that he had to deal with. In the midst of all the hatred, in the midst of all the, the things that you and I have to work through, a flower can develop. That's why I'm saying kindness is one of those things that can always be in season. If anybody's tweeting this, don't tweet that. <laughs> Just keep that with us, all right? Everybody went to your phone. Oh, Pastor said man, manure in church. <laughs> but we lived in malice. We lived in those things. Paul didn't say that others were once disobedient, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. He said that's really true for every one of us. He said you were that way. I was that way. And so God's kindness to sinners, really, when you think about it, really is a wonderful thing. It's a marvelous thing. To put that kindness in perspective, think about how robots, 
We sometimes we see robots that are, that are in charge of everything. They fix things. They put cars together. And then before long, if we're not careful, we're going to get so smart in America that robots are going to be replacing human beings. And, and a lot of places they already have. Computers and all of these things. But what if that robot ruined your car? What if that robot, instead of fixing it or, or made fun of your health when you come and sit down at the kitchen and they was fixing you a meal, what if that robot laughed at how you looked and told you you're gaining too much weight and laughed, would you allow that robot to stay in the house? I know I wouldn't. Don't worry about what I'm gaining. And don't worry about what I'm eating. Just bring it when I tell you to bring it. Hello? We're not going to allow the robot. We're not going to take that sort of thing from these robots. We wouldn't put up with that from a machine. We wouldn't pat it on the back and say nice things to it. And yet, when you think about it, that's exactly what God done when he put up with us and when he put up with our sin. No, we're not robots. We're his people. We're his creation. But really, when you think about it, we had sin. We were born into sin. We wasn't, we wasn't beautiful. We wasn't any of that. But God's mercy and his grace made us beautiful. God's mercy and his grace saved us from that sin. And it doesn't matter how far we go. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter any of those things. If we recognize the fact of who we are and where we need to be, God can save us. Amen. God can take care of that, of that, of that sin in our life. And so instead of throwing us to the, on the junk heap of humanity, God showed us kindness. Paul told us at one time in our life, we were just stupid. At one time in our life, we were involved in all of these things. At one time, but because of the mercy of Almighty God, because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of what he'd done for us on the cross of Calvary, because of the blood that he shed on Calvary, he's given us access to come before him. Amen. When you look at kindness a little more, kindness is a little more than a smile. It's doing something and to benefit somebody else. When you think about that, you think about the Good Samaritan in the Scriptures. The Samaritan showed kindness when he stopped to take care of a stranger. He didn't know him, but it was a stranger to him that was robbed and beaten on the road. The Levite and the priest, the religious leaders of the day, the Bible says they passed by on the other side. When you read that scripture, you almost, Sister Parker, you get this attitude or, or this mindset that the Levite and the priest, they stopped long enough just to look at him, just to see who he was just to see maybe the scars and see the, see the roughness and, and his blood and his being beat up and all of these things, but they didn't want to get involved. They didn't want to mess their priestly robe up. They didn't want to rest, mess their garment up, possibly. <laughs> but the Samaritan here, who was considered that day a half-breed, who was considered that day a dog, who was considered that day a nobody, really, but the good Samaritan stopped by and he showed kindness to the stranger. He showed kindness. You know the end of the story. He bound up his wounds. He put him on his own beast. He took him to an inn. He gave the innkeeper money there. And he said, you take this and use it for, the, for his welfare. And when I come back, if I owe you anything, I'll take care of it. That's kindness. He showed kindness. He not only said it, but he showed it. Sometimes it's one thing to say something, it's another thing to do something, isn't it? Actions, as the old cliche says, always speaks louder than words. And so the Bible says in Titus 3 and 8, he said, I, wanna, I, wanna, I, want, you to, I want to stress these things to you, that God showed kindness to us as sinners. 
And so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Paul says these things are excellent and profitable for everyone. They're excellent and profitable for everyone. Now let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer this. When you talk about kindness and you have somebody that has offended you possibly or done you wrong, and you've made the mistake, and probably if I was asked to show of hands, every one of us has been involved in this situation before, and you said some things back to this person as a way of revenge or getting it off your chest, so to speak. How did that make you feel? Now, some would say, well, it made me feel pretty good. <laughs> I, got, I got it off my chest. But really, how did it make you feel? Have, did we solve anything? And I'm not saying that you didn't have a right to say some things. That's not, what I, that's not the direction I want you to understand. But how did it make you feel as an individual from a spiritual standpoint? Did it make you feel proud of yourself? Did it make you feel like you've accomplished something? Because in reality, most of those, most of those scenarios never ends well, does it? It never ends well. Never ends well. And we live in a culture today that you've got to be careful saying whatever to anybody anymore. You don't know what they'll do, Right? But I come up in a day where sometimes you would, you would lash out and you would say some things. And it was just words, but it made you feel crummy. It made you feel lousy. Paul said these things here that I'm talking to you about that God showed kindness to you and he wants you to show kindness to others. These things are excellent. They're profitable for everyone. Proverbs tells us that a soft word turns away what? Wrath. A soft word will always turn away wrath. I've had people come in my office and they get mad and they, uh, sometimes they'll come and they'll ask to help pay their uh, bill or, or help pay an electric bill or a water bill or whatever the case. And in their mind, they have this number that they want me to give them. And when they give me this bill many times, a lot of times, well, actually for the most part, it's anywhere from $100 up to three or $400. And they'll want me to pay the entire thing. Well, I can't do that. Our church can't do that. We, we give all the time. But it's, I don't never give that much to a person. And, and there's been on some occasions where the people sitting in front of my desk gets mad at me for just giving the 30 or the 40 or the 50 or whatever the Lord feels like, you know, he lays on my heart to bless them with instead of being appreciative of what they got. And it's a prime opportunity for me right then instead of not being so kind to say, look, bud, I didn't have to give you anything. Get your tail and get out of here. Did I say that? Don't tweet that either. <laughs> but it's a prime opportunity for me to say, I need to explain some things to you. You understand, our church here is a church that's benevolent. We want to help people. But you have to understand, you're not the only person that comes in here. You're not the only individual that comes in this particular day or this particular week that we would go broke, basically, if we, if we helped everybody with what you're wanting us, us to do. And it's an opportunity for you to show appreciative of, of me and this church, this body of people. That, and I, I always ask this, where do you go to church? Well, I don't go anywhere. Then why are you coming to a church to get help then? Who is your pastor? Well, I don't have a pastor, Brother Danny. Well, then why are you coming to me for help? Who's the, who's the members of your? I don't know any. I don't, I don't go to church. Well, then why are you coming then and I'll, a lot of times I'll ask them that question, but I ask them out of love, trying to get them to understand. You need to understand the church family is a wonderful place to be associated with. The church family will lock arms with you, and they'll put their arms around you, and they'll bless you like we're doing right here. We don't even know you. We're almost like the Good Samaritan that, that stopped. I don't know you. You're a stranger to me, but I'm still blessing you. And now you want to get mad at me? 
because of I'm not giving you what you think I ought to give you. Let's, let's change the mindset here. And Paul said these things are excellent, they're profitable when I show kindness to somebody for everyone. It ought to be obvious that being kind is profitable. There's a story about an elderly lady going to a local post office one day and uh, she enjoyed going to the post office because all the workers of the post office were so friendly, she said. And, and one particular day, she was there waiting in, in a long line to buy stamps just prior to Christmas. She was mailing out her Christmas cards and all of that. Man in line noticed what she was doing. She said, ma'am, there's really no need for you to stand in line. You can go over here and put your money in this machine, and they'll give you stamps out of that machine. Which the lady turns and said, you know, but, but the machine can't say nice things to me. And I want somebody to say a nice, something nice to me. I want to I say something nice to them. I enjoy, I enjoy what they say and the, and, the, and, and the dialogue that we get. Sure, that machine could, could give me stamps, but it, and it could dispense the stamps, but it won't dispense kindness. It'll just do what that money tells it to do. And so that made a difference in this woman's life. So how about it? Are we, as God's people, are you, am I, are we dispensing kindness on a regular basis? Or is it something that we only do when we get up in a good mood? <laughs> are we dispensing kindness in a, just on an everyday basis to everybody that we meet? It's, it's hard, really. Some may say to dispense kindness past the first thing in the morning because we ain't woke up yet. We ain't had our second and third uh, cup of coffee. It's hard to dispense kindness when, when we have to rush off to school. And, and it's hard to dispense kindness at the end of the day when you're tired and, and you're just ready to get home. But Paul, when you look at the scripture, Paul says that in our text that we are to devote ourselves to doing good. We are to devote ourselves. That's a fruit of the Spirit. You can go back to Peter. The apostle Peter said they'll know we're his disciples because of our what? Because of our love. They'll know that we are who we are simply because of our love for the Lord. And you could take that on up with the fruit of the Spirit. They'll know who we are. That's, that's a part of who we are as God's people. That's part of who we are. From the moment a Christian gets up in the morning, they may say, well, how can I make this day a better day for somebody? What can I do? And, and Lord, if, if you put people in my path, then help me to be wise enough and sensitive enough to see when they need the help that they need. I've missed it before. You've heard my story. I've, I've told you several times. I've missed it several times of, of, of God putting somebody in my path and I've missed the opportunity, Brother Keith, to be kind and to show the kindness of God. Not that I spouted off anything. I just didn't say anything. But I missed those opportunities and if we're not careful, we'll miss those every day simply because we get so busy in our own routine. And the Apostle Paul here is, is asking us to, and, and showing us how to be kind. How can, I make, how can I make the day go better? Should I make breakfast for somebody? Should I, should I fold the laundry, husbands? Should I put dishes in the dishwasher? Should I just tell my wife, don't worry, I'll unload the dishwasher? Or I'll clean the house. Ooh, that would bless a mama, wouldn't it? Or a wife. Should I write an encouraging note for my neighbor, maybe who's lost his job or... Maybe we can start the day with, with that kind of resolve instead of, don't talk to me, I'm grumpy today. Or I'm gloomy today. When we survey, uh, as parents, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, when we go by and we, we, we look at our children's rooms, the messiness of our children's rooms, many times at that moment, 
We don't see an opportunity to bless somebody. Oh, we want to bless them all right. But not in the way I'm talking about. Many times we don't see the opportunity to pull them aside and teach them, train them concerning picking up and teaching them how to, how to do certain things and all of these things. We want to react, but a lot of times we want to criticize or we want to punish and all these things. And, and I'm not saying that, that you can't ever do that. You can, you can punish at times. But when we're waiting our turn, possibly, uh, even at the computer, we don't see it as an opportunity to serve our siblings. Uh, you know, when, when our kids was growing up, you know, they, they, we had one computer in the house and they used one or the other, or, or your kids done the same thing and they waited to do certain things while the other was doing it, but we'll nitpick and we'll nag and whatever. I remember when we was growing up, uh, me and Vonda and Lynn, we, would, we was all small enough, I think there's three years difference in me and Vonda and four in, in Lynn, but we were young enough back then, Sister Parker, when we would travel, we would all three ride in the back seat. And so you pretty much know what's going to happen in the back seat on a five, four, five, six-hour trip. We're going to fight. And I remember those times that Daddy had to turn around and said, if y'all don't hush, I'm going to stop this car and I'm going to get out. Now, it was all right as long as he talked and as long as the car was moving. But when he stopped the car, Chuck, that's when I got upset. That's when I, I got bothered a little bit. Because I knew what was going to take place. I knew he was going to get out. And I, I knew he was going to spank me or he was going to do something, you know. I loved it, though, when he stopped the car and he spanked Vonda and Lynn. I didn't have no problem with that. They did, but I didn't have no problem with that. But we all have experienced those things like that. And we argue, desperate, you know, to get our way and all this. And, but a lot of times, if we're not careful, and I, and I say those things to, 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 to draw our attention to this point right here. If we're not careful, we'll allow those things of our early childhood and we'll allow those things. We may not even know that it's an early childhood thing, but, but if we're not careful, it, it, it grows with us and we fall back into those sinful ways and selfish ways if we don't take those opportunities to train and discipline the correct way and the way God would have us to do and to show the kindness that we need, needed to show. One of the things that I always appreciated about mom and dad was that when they when they uh, had to get on to us or when they spanked us or when they even made us go get a switch. Have anybody ever done that besides me? Your mom and dad made you go get a switch outside and bring in? Heard something the other day. Keith, I think you were telling this. I, I, this is, Daddy didn't do this, but Keith said when he was growing up, his sisters or whatever, they had three of you guys, that his dad would make them go out and get a switch and they'd put a name on the switch. Well, Daddy never put a name on our switch. We just had a switch. Go get the switch and I'll use it. He got rid of it until the next time he had to go get another switch. You know, but uh, uh, I don't even know where I was going right now. But, but if we're not careful, instead of training in the, in the right way, disciplining ourselves in the right way, we'll fall back into those, into those selfish ways and those sinful ways in our adult life simply because now we're out of the house and nobody can tell me what to do. Have you ever made those statements before? Have you ever heard anybody make those statements? I'm out of mom and dad's rule of thumb now. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do now. And, and, and that all sounds good and it all sounds fine and it all sounds innocent and I understand exactly what you mean. I've done there, been there. But I will tell you, you're always going to serve somebody. There's always going to be somebody going to be making the decisions for you, right? Even as an adult, there's always going to be somebody. I get the point. But if we're not careful, that mindset and that attitude will go with us even over on our spiritual, spiritual side. And when the Lord asks us of things that we may not want to do, the selfishness comes up and says, Lord, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to stretch that far, Lord. I don't want to go that far. You don't understand what he done to me. 
You don't understand what she done to me. I'm not showing kindness there because, Father, you don't have any idea. And really, that's the moment that that kindness, that toughness, that sort of sternness, if you will, of us being kind of, of, that needs to kick in and allow the Spirit of the Lord to help us. Baptism. When you think about baptism, listen to what Apostle Paul had to say about that. He said, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. We think about this. Baptism, God poured out his Holy Spirit on us, every one of us, through our baptism, just as water drenches us and so that we continue to be drenched in the Holy Spirit. We, we went down in that water. We washed away the old. We washed away that stupidity. We washed away that unrighteousness. We washed, washed away that unkindness and uncleanness, Brother David, and we was, we was reborn, so to speak, spiritually. And God made us, and he cleaned us up. And this is what he's doing. He's working on our hands so that we can then can help others. He works on our lips so we can speak encouraging words and smile rather than scowl. And then he works on our hearts so that you and I can show the kindness that we need to others, not just something that, that it'll be a show, but it's a genuine kindness, genuine kindness. And why shouldn't it be? Because we have something good to share with the Lord, right? God has showed us incredible kindness to us since the very beginning. He made a beautiful world for us to live in. He placed us in. And even after Adam and Eve rebelled in that world, God still showed kindness. He really did. He still showed kindness. Instead of laughing at their pathetic attempt to cover up their shame. Have you ever thought about this? Instead of laughing at their pathetic attempt to cover up their shame with fig leaves, God made garments out of animal skins for them. And that act of kindness was significant for it was the first slaughter. Go back and, and look at it. Very first slaughter of an animal, and it pointed to the ultimate slaughter of the lamb. We're coming up on Easter. We know the, the Easter story sometimes. Sometimes we know the Easter story too good. We, think, we don't think we need to go back and re-examine ourselves and, and remember and, and do those things that the Scripture is talking about. Jesus, he is our ultimate lamb. Not for, not for the covering of, of not just Adam and Eve's sin, but also for your sin and my sin as well. And with the covering of sin comes the promise that the Lord gives us in his word of eternal life and more abundant life. And God wants to show the same kind of kindness to others as well. Even those, and this is where we have a difficult time getting this, and I, and I understand it from a human standpoint. This is, where we, this is where we'll mess up if we're not careful. God wants to show kindness even to those who are not deserving of it. God still shows his kindness. This includes family members, loved ones, relatives who make us feel inadequate at times. God calls us to be kind even to that individual who is making your life a living hell right now. Oh, pastor, I was, up, I was with you up until that point right there. It'll take you a long way. I promise it will. Sometimes it's hard to do. It is. Sometimes it's tough to do. But it'll take you a long way, and God will help you. God will, God will bless you for it. Being kind doesn't mean that you ignore their sin. Not what I'm talking about. 
It does mean, though, that we don't hold that sin against them. You're not the judge, right? God's the judge. It means that we speak encouraging words to the person, even if they throw those words right back in our face. So who's up for a challenge like that? That's a fruit of the Spirit. It's always in season. But what do we do when we, when we deal with really what life deals us every day, when what life hands us every day? Last night, I made a phone call to uh, Branson. Next week, is it next week, the ladies' thing? The next week is the ladies' thing over there on the, the Friday and Saturday. For the last three or four years, I've taken Karen over there because she serves on the ladies' board on Thursday because she helps set up, and Abby usually goes. And for the last three or four years, that's sort of a Thursday night thing. Me and Abby's sort of a date night, if you will. And we'll go to the Sight and Sound Theater, and we'll watch the, the, the show there. This year, Samson is going to be there. So I was going to call over there and get tickets. I was going to go, and then I'll drive back for, for Sunday. So I was going to look up the Sight and Sound Theater, Brother Mike, and order the tickets off of them. They're about $50 a ticket. And, and so when I pulled up on the Internet to find the number, they had four or five headlines that said Sight and Sound Theater. And I'd, being me who I am, I didn't pay no attention. I just clicked on one of them. Well, it wasn't the Sight and Sound Theater. It was the Branson Show's office who handles a lot of the tickets for that area. Didn't, I didn't pay no attention to it. I just went on there and I started asking, or answering questions, who your name is and what's the date you wanted to go and, and all of these things, how many tickets and all of that. And, and it carries you through these, process, these steps, you know, through the, inter, through the Internet that you can, you can, you know, order these tickets online. And I got down to that step and I already, I already uh, uh, executed, uh, not executed is the wrong word, uh, I don't know, I already, I already pushed the button when I shouldn't push the button. Let's, do, let's say that. Click something, and, and I bought these two tickets, and then it, and then it come up $141. And I, when, I, when I saw that, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Abby just told me the other day these things was $50 a piece or 47 something like that. I said, that doesn't make any sense. And then I went back, and, and, and then it dawned on me what I did and who I was with. They charged an extra $20 so they could make the money. Now, it wasn't their fault. It was my fault. I get it. About a minute after that, Sister Eloise, I call them up. They got this number. I call them up and said, hey, I need to cancel my order. And the guy said, well, sir, is there, is there a problem? I said, there is no problem. I just hit the wrong button. And, uh, and I want to cancel my order. He said, well, we can't do that. I said, what are you telling me? What do you mean you can't do that? I just placed this order 60 seconds ago. You've not had any time to even to process my credit card. He said, well, this is what we can do. We can give you a gift certificate to use another, or we can change the time, the date, and the time. I said, well, I don't like either one of those. I want you to, I just want you to refund my money. And he said, I can't do that. And then it hit me all of a sudden. It's not that guy's fault. He's just doing his job. It's my fault. And I have to suck up $40 so me and Abby can have a date. <laughs> now, what she don't realize is she ain't going to eat that night. No, I'm just kidding. But here's the, here's the thing. As soon, look, as soon as I hung up the phone with them, Karen gets a ding on her phone that they processed the Discover card. <laughs> and so, but what I'm saying is, I had an opportunity right there to really be ugly if I so choose because I wasn't looking at nobody. I was just talking on the phone. I never had to look at them. I never had to see their face. Are you following me? You see what I'm saying? I had every opportunity just to be as ugly as I wanted to be. It still probably wouldn't have done me no good. Or I could just say, you know what? That was my, that was my mistake. 
And it really was. Now, I still think they could have refunded my money, <laughs> but that was their rules. That was their guidelines. And so I, I went ahead with that. But that's how easy it is when I'm talking about life, life things that come our way. It happens so fast sometimes we don't even realize it's happening and we react in certain ways. And if God can help us, and he will help us, it's in, it's in all of us to do what God has called us to do. The scripture says, through baptism, we are a child of God. Jesus says in Luke 6.35, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting anything back. Then your reward will be great. You'll be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Isn't it amazing how God does things? It, it goes totally against our grain. It's totally against what we think many times. God's ways is not our ways. His ways are so much higher than our, than our ways. We are living proof of that. God, God still gives us food, even though sometimes we complain about what's for dinner. And he doesn't rip the roof off of our house, even though we complain sometimes that our house is not as good as the neighbor's house. It's no wonder he calls us to be kind to others, even though many times we ourselves are undeserving. Let me close with this. You say, Pastor, I've listened to all this tonight and I've tried to process all of this, but if I do these things, won't others take advantage of me for being that way? Probably so. There'll be, there'll be times that there'll be others that'll take time or, or that'll take advantage of you. There'll be those that'll squeeze you sort of like the kiwi fruit many times because they think you're a pushover, because they think you're squishy until juice just runs down their hand. But you aren't defenseless like a little kiwi because God, according to his word, is watching over you and he'll deal with those who take advantage of your kindness. I can promise you. In God's timing, he'll deal with those that takes advantage of your kindness. So what am I supposed to do then? This is what you're supposed to do. Keep putting him first. Keep trusting him. Keep thanking him for the everlasting kindness that he's blessed you with and he's shown you through Jesus Christ, his son. What are the fruit of the spirits? There's love and there's joy and there's peace. And there's long suffering and there's kindness. Kindness is one of those fruit that sometimes we really, we really do have issues with and we really have problems with at times. But it's, it's, it's more blessed to give, the scripture says, than to receive. And it's more blessed to say a kind word and to, and to, and to speak those positive things. You'll get, you'll, get, you'll get a farther greater reward than you will speaking those negative things and hateful things. I promise you every time, every time, every time. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. What a joy it is to be in your house. What a joy it is to be with your people tonight. What a joy it is, Lord, to know you as our Lord and as our Savior tonight. As we have went through these uh, fruit of the spirits, God, I, I pray that they have blessed and they've touched people and caused us to think a little bit, caused us to uh, maybe align ourselves up with where we need to be. I can pretty safely say that every one of us, including myself, has not always done 100% uh, the things that we need to do concerning the fruit of the Spirit. There's been times we've been ugly. There's been times we've been hateful. There's been times we've said things that probably we shouldn't have said. There's been times that we've not showed the love and we've not experienced the joy. We've, we've uh, not experienced the long-suffering and, and showed long-suffering to others as as maybe you have called us to. 
And God, you're not calling us. I'm not trying to say that you're calling us to be wimps and you're not calling us to be uh, like this fruit of kiwi of, of people just taking advantage, advantage of us all the time. But Lord, you are calling us to be your people. And uh, help us to be wise in, in all of those things that we do. And we'll give you thanks. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.